0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are, Derek Carr finds a new, new home in the bayou, the Players' Championship teeing off this weekend, one month until the close of the NHL regular season, who's skating on thin ice and who's not, heading into conference tournament week, recapping last week's college hoops games, with that, I give you our assistant chief for our fire brigade,
1: Colton Cow. Thanks, Matt. We're here on a, on a Wednesday night in Matt's basement, uh, just the two of us, uh, Matt and I, uh, holding the fort down. So, you know, like Matt said, we're going to get kicked off again with some, some NFL news. It seems like we, you know, NFL season's been wrapped up for about a month now, and we're still talking, you know, big, big news, big signings, you know, people moving around, and one of those, you know, big signings, and we talked about this guy a couple of weeks ago about leaving his old team, and he's already found a, you know, found a new home, found a new team that he's gonna, gonna, uh, you know, stick with, and that's uh, Derek Carr, you know, former Las Vegas Raiders uh, quarterback, has found a new home in New Orleans as as the new quarterback with the, with the Saints. Um, Matt, what do you what do you think about this? Good move for the Saints, good move for Derek Carr, good for both. What what do you what do you think here?
0: Uh, definitely a good move for Derek Carr. I think it puts him in a better position to win. He's got a lot of weapons out there with uh, Thomas and you got Olave and then uh, running back in Kamara. So, you know, he, he's got some weapons there. I, I don't know that's the best move for the Saints. They signed him to a four-year, $150 million contract, $28.5 million signing bonus, and $100 million guaranteed on that contract. Mm-hmm. He's got a full no-trade clause. This all from a guy who's zero and one all time in his career in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He's had one playoff appearance, right. lost the game. Right. I mean, what's this guy done to prove he's a hundred fifty million dollar quarterback? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm a little skeptical of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if anybody can turn a quarterback around and, and get the most out of him, mm-hmm. it's, it's got to be the Saints. So mm-hmm. I mean, you look at what they did with a guy like Jameis Winston and kind mm-hmm. of revitalized his career there mm-hmm. uh, before some injuries. Right. You know, so the, the, they seem to show they know what they're doing with quarterbacks. With those weapons there, I think it's a great thing for Carr. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe this is just the right thing. And, you know, he's guy has got a big arm right. and he's got some talent there to throw to. So, you know, we'll see if it works
1: out. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one thing, he's got, got some familiarity at the uh, head coaching position. So, you know, current Saints uh, head coach Dennis Allen was actually uh, Carr's first coach, um, you know, when he was actually then with the Oakland Raiders uh, before making the move to Las Vegas. Uh yeah, Dennis Allen was guy was kind of the guy that was instrumental, uh, to help kind of draft, um, uh, Derek Carr in the second round of, of the 2014 NFL draft, um, and then you know was also instrumental in you know starting him as a rookie, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much throwing him to the wolves, but, um, you know, unfortunately, Carr stayed with the Raiders for nine years. Allen didn't even make it through that season. <laughs> uh, four four games into the 2014 season, Dennis Allen, you know, was was let go uh, but you know Derek Carr remained for uh, like I said almost nine a little over nine years so um but you know pairing back up with Dennis Elm we'll see you know obviously very familiar with him um so we'll see you know see how that goes I think that that probably was a big reason why he you know was was headed to the Saints or you know another another reason why uh he, he you know felt the Saints was the best the best option for him I mean right. We talked about uh, the Carolina Panthers and the, and the New York Jets being kind of the other two teams in the in the running uh, for for Derek Carr's services, you know. And actually, New Orleans was kind of the first team that that Carr had met with, even while he was still a Raider at the time. Um, but uh, yeah, just you know, he met with met with the organization a couple of days back in February, um, and then you know also met with the team again last week during the uh, NFL Combine you know the the, the two sides well it was a good you know a good fit um you know and and again i think yeah i am i'm a bit shocked by by the contract yeah. he he got you know because i think that was a, a big reason why the raiders somewhat kind of let him let him go is that you know they they he had a big contract they felt like he you know somewhat lived up to it but you know just was was time to move on you know i i definitely did not see him getting this big of a deal right. um you know at at this point in his in his career, but again, I think he still has, you know, some, some solid years left in him. Uh, and he, You know, talked about the, the Saints' offense and the weapons that he'll be, you know, surrounded by. Um, you know, so it will be interesting, obviously, that the Saints, you know, coming into this offseason had a ton of uncertainty at the QP, QB position. Uh, you know, last year, Andy Dalton started 14 games for him, but he's a he's a free agent, you know, so and, and again, no offense to Andy Dalton, but I don't think he's a guy that's going to lead your franchise. Right. Where you, you know, so he's a he's he's a great backup, right? Back his his best years yeah. are somewhat behind him as as a starting QB. But yeah, like you said, yeah. great, you know, great backup. Um, and then you mentioned, you know, Jameis Winston, who they, you know, signed a couple of years ago to the team, has had you know kind of a up and down, you know, mixed bag, um, performance with the Saints. Again, a lot of that due to. Due to some injuries and you know whatever, um, he's actually still under contract for one more year. But from what I'm reading or you know sources I'm seeing, they they more than likely will probably be letting letting him go now that they've you know got Derek Carr here. Um, and and again, it, it it comes down to to money. Uh, Winston's due about almost thirteen million dollars in 2023. Um, if they if they let him go, uh, they can you know save some money on on the cap, which is something the Saints have to look at because they entered this offseason almost 50 million dollars over the cap um yeah, that's so big. yeah so they they've already kind of restructured some deals you know let go some players that had some you know hefty contracts um but you know after doing so they're still roughly 18-ish million over the salary cap so they still have little bit of work to do, um, you know, to, okay. to get. get cut thirteen on Jameis's Right, deal, would, right, exactly. Uh that, that would get them, you know, awful close, or you know, get them get them right to where they where they need to be. Um, so yeah, we'll see. You know, see what what you know what happens. Obviously, you know, Carr in his in his career with with the Raiders had a had a sixty three and seventy nine record. So you know, not not great. Um, but you know, still had you know some pretty impressive numbers with with the with the Raiders. I mean, through for. Over thirty-five thousand yards, uh, two hundred and seventeen touchdowns, and you know uh, less than a hundred picks in his car- you know nine seasons with the with the Raiders. Uh, you know, and and again, I, I don't think that you're you're not looking at Carr as one of those elite quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that's good enough to win you some games and, and keep you in games and and be competitive. And and in today's NFL, you know, you you don't necessarily have to have you know the elite guy if right. if you got you know a decent team and you know a decent defense as well and the the saints have you know this year were not you know not great on the defensive side of the ball but have been historically has been you know one of their better Better bright spots you know has been been the defensive side of the ball so if they can get that corrected you know i I think that this saints team obviously last year that nfc south was a disaster Mm -hmm. i mean the the Bucs won it with a losing – you know, won the division with a losing record, you know, made it into the playoffs or whatever and had an awful, you know, awful performance to to start it. Uh, So I think right away, you know, obviously with Tom Brady retiring from Tampa, it probably immediately puts the Saints at the top of winning the division, which, you know, is good because that automatically guarantees you a spot in the playoffs. Um, So I think that, that helps that the Saints somewhat are playing in, you know, what looks like a very bad, you know, division. So I think that that maybe takes some of the pressure off yeah. a little bit. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see what what happens. Obviously, we still have the draft coming up here in about you know about a month or so, um, and we'll see you know what these other teams in that division do. You know what pieces they might add or you know whatnot. And you know it could could surprise you. But right now, I would say that the Saints have to be you know the, the front runners in that NFC Absolutely. South division. Yeah. Um, I just don't know. You know, the other teams in the NFC, you know, can they can they make some noise? I mean, the the Cowboys, the Eagles, you right. know, the Giants or whatever, can they compete with, with those other, you know, other teams that were great last year yeah. from from the NFC? Well, the Giants
0: have made some moves this offseason to stay good as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, they
1: they re-signed their uh, their
0: quarterback and Daniel mm-hmm. Jones to a couple right. year contract. They right. also uh Tagged Saquon Barkley.
1: So, right. you know, their their offensive core is gonna be back. So mm-hmm. yeah. you know, you look for another decent year out of the Giants. Right, absolutely. So yeah, well I think the Saints will be, you know, competitive in their division or, you know, front runners in their division. It just, you know, how do they stack up against the rest right. of the NFC? Obviously they, they lock up a, a you know, a good quarterback and get themselves, you know, a position that's you know, oh so important in the in the NFL anymore. Um but uh yeah, we'll see see how it plays out. I think, you know, obviously the Raiders and and Derek Carr both needed somewhat of a fresh start, Absolutely. and and you know you know glad to see that he was able to find find a new home, find it pretty quickly. You know, got the whole you know the whole off season here to to figure out the Saints, uh, you know, offense. You know, get familiar with his new teammates and things like that. But it's, yeah. got,
0: it's got to be the most weapons he's ever had in his career. Mm-hmm. I
1: can say that mm-hmm. too. Right, so. We shall see what happens, uh, you know, for for both sides. You know, if this is a good move for for the Saints or you know, good move for for Derek Carr come you know come this upcoming year. Uh, but you know, I look look for good things, you know, out of Derek Carr. You know, revitalizing his career there in, in New Orleans, and we'll see if it we'll see if it plays out for him. So, yes, all right, well, moving over to a little bit of golf talk. Um, we got the Players Championship this this coming weekend starting starting up tomorrow. Um, you know four days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, making cuts after, after Friday, you know, pretty much cutting the field in half after, after two rounds, Um, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be playing in some nicer weather than what we got here in Ohio, uh, down in, down in Florida at the historic or, you know, iconic TPC Sawgrass um, for this, for this tournament. Matt, what's your, what's your thoughts? You, who, who do you like, or what? Yeah. What, do you, what are some keys that you, you like about this course, or you know about this this tournament?
0: Well, yeah, it's a, this a cool tournament. It's really the the biggest non major tournament of the year. Mm-hmm. These, these golfers are playing for twenty five
1: million dollar right. purse this year. Yeah, and I think that's actually the up, biggest it's ever. It yeah, was 20 up from what it year. was. Yeah, so <clears>
0: the <throat> winner's going to take home somewhere around four million dollars. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to play for there this right. year. The winner also receives 80 points toward their uh, world ranking, which mm-hmm. is the most of any non-major. Majors, okay. you can get 100 points toward your ranking for winning. Right. and They get a five-year exemption on the PGA Tour if they win. Okay. They get three years of invitations to the Masters, U.S. Open, Open Championship tournaments, and the next three PGA Championships. Right, yeah. So, you know, the, so the field's a pretty big field to start, though. They start mm-hmm. with 144 golfers. They'll start to pare that thing down. Right. There's some former champions in this field, yeah. and Justin Thompson, uh, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, Jason Day, mm-hmm. five others. Those were just three biggest names. Yep. And uh, though notably, last year's winner, Cameron Smith, didn't end up being eligible for this tournament. Mm-hmm. He wasn't able to get into the field. Okay. Uh, but looking at the favorites uh, in Vegas right now, you got John Rom and Rory, Rory McIlroy both going off at 17 to two, being okay. your two uh, co-favorites. Yeah. then Scotty Scheffler's at 10 to one. Patrick mm-hmm. Cantlay at 19 to one. So okay. You know, but it's golf. Anything can happen. Right, a guy can come out of nowhere
1: and win this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it just takes a hot weekend. And, right, right. And, and, and you know, four, you can win a big. Tournament. Yeah, four, four days of you know, somewhat hot and consistent golf. Right. You know, is is typically what what uh, what it boils down to. So yeah, but like I said, the weather outside of Friday, every day looks like it's going to be a great day for for golf. Uh, and and, and why I say Friday, it's gone for about little over 50% chance of rain on, on that day. So we'll see
0: and Florida it rains, Right.
1: Yeah. We'll Dry, see how long, normal. you know, how long it rains, you know, it could be yeah, one of those pop-up showers, but the, the conditions, you know, overall looking pretty, pretty good, a little bit, a little bit windy, um, from, from different directions, you know, whatever. So that, that'll be interesting to see how, you know, how these guys, uh, you know, kind of navigate that. Um, you know, for me, you know, what I, what I'm kind of looking for, looking, looking to in this, you know, playing this course, you know, golfers that typically do well, you know, playing here, um, you know, at, at this course there's lots of danger and that is in the equivalent of water. There's right. lots of water on this course. Um, and so for me a key is approach approach shots because right. of, you know, the water and some of the dangers and things like that. I think the guys that you're really going to see be the top, you know, be towards the top of that leaderboard are the guys that, you know, have those good approach shots, you know, whatever. Take risks when they can, but right. not get too overly confident or whatever. Um, and, and yeah, make the right move at the right time with with their approach shots. Um, <clears throat> another thing that that I'm looking to is is the par fives on this course. So all five of them are under under 575 yards, which you know to the normal golfer or average golfer it seems pretty long, but for PGA standards, that's actually you know kind of kind of short. Right. Um, and there's actually three of the of the par fives that are under 540 yards. So, yeah. you know, a lot of these are probably pretty obtainable in, in, you know, two, you know, two strokes maybe. Right. Um, so, you know, that I think that's where a lot of ground is going to be made yeah. up or, you know, some opportunity for guys to separate themselves is how well they score on these, um, you know, these par fives. And in, in this one, um, you know, a couple of golfers that, that, you know, Matt mentioned that I'm kind of kind of, uh, same thing. John Rahm is one, obviously, currently uh, number one in the world golf mm-hmm. rankings. Uh, you know, Scotty Scheffler uh, in this thing, he's second currently. Um, Colin Morikawa is another one that I that I like. Uh, Tony Finau, um, and then you know, Patrick Cantlay is another one, and all those guys are in kind of the top fifteen in the world. You know, the world rankings. Uh, but the interesting thing is, um, you know, out of that kind of out of that group. John Rahm is the only one that's finished in the top ten. You know, all those guys are still relatively new to the tour, so they haven't really played in this event a ton. But Rahm finished ninth, his best finish, and you know, it, at the Players Championship has been ninth. Huh. All the other guys have been: um, Tony Finau, his best was was twenty second; uh, Cantley was was twenty second; Scotty Scheffler, his best finish is fifty fifth. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, just uh, you know, kind of, kind of odd that a lot of those guys that are up towards the top have not had really great success, mm-hmm. you know, at this course or playing in this in this particular tournament. So, uh, we'll see if they can, you know, right the ship and and, and whatnot. Obviously, uh, yeah, going to be a competitive field, um, like Matt mentioned, with all of those kind of exemptions and this big purse. You know, a lot of times I think people refer to this as kind of the, the fifth major, if right. you will. Sure. Um, and uh, it's it, it's yeah, going to be. Going to be interesting to, to watch, you know, uh, like I said, great, great, you know, golfing conditions if, you know, everything holds true as it, as it's showing here. Um, but yeah, good, you know, good weekend for, for golf and a lot of, you know, big names, you know, star guys, you know, unfortunately, you know, Tiger will not be a part, a part of the field, but that's going to be, you know, the norm or, you know, we're always going to be, you know, monitoring, is he going to play, is he not? And you know, unfortunately not, you know, not going to play in this, in this one. So we'll see what, uh. When the next time we'll we'll see Tiger out on the out on the course, you know, it may not be until you know the Masters here in a, in a month or right. so. But this is obviously good tune up for for that, or you know, kind of a, a big pressure, high pressure, you know, tournament that these guys get to experience before they they play the Masters, um, because uh, this is recently th- this used to be kind of at the end of the golfing season. They have you know since switched it to more of the beginning um, of, of the year, um, which is, you know, which is interesting. I think it makes it more interesting because, yeah, you get kind of a big, big, big time tournament, big time, you know, pressure situation right. early on in the in the golfing season. You don't have to wait, you know, three, four months into it. You know, when we get to the Masters and things like that uh, to to see these guys perform, the way people want to see Mm -hmm. them perform in these, you know, high pressure situations at the big tournaments, these iconic, you know, golf courses and things like that. So it's got to be kind of better for these guys to get some of those pressure
0: situations out of the way. Right. Yeah. Hit the the real deal. Right. Yeah. Actual championship. Yeah.
1: Because it seems like, you know, you hit the masters and it's just like each major is just like boom, 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 right Right. after each other, you know, and, and yeah, you don't really, you you probably, if if you're not used to, you know, if you struggle from the masters, it's probably going to, you know, be a struggle yeah. to get it together for all the majors, it's you know, no whatever. Um, and you know, golf, any you know, is a game more mentally than it is physically. Yeah. You know, a lot of the times is you know, it's it's more of a mental game than it is uh, you know, physical. Obviously, these guys are you know, heck of athletes, but a lot of times it's yeah, the guys that are able to forget their last shots or you know, move on from you know, a bad shot and not turn it into another bad shot and another right. bad shot or whatever are the ones that. That that do well, but yeah, they get the opportunity in in these in this event early on, where there's going to be a big a bigger crowd, yeah. a really big crowd that you would would think is very equivalent to, to a, a major like the Masters or the U.S. Open or you know whatever. So, yeah, I think it, I think it was was good or a benefit for you know not only golf or the PGA, but you know good for these these players yeah. to get those situations early on. Um, yeah, it's going to be going to be great golf. We'll see if, you know, any of the guys that we talked about, see if they, you know, finish towards the top or, you know, who takes home uh, the, the trophy and takes home some some big big money in this one. So yeah, I think even if all
0: these guys do win, I think you there's always going to be that surprise guy that's going to mm-hmm. be up there near the top. Right. Always, that's always exciting to watch some mm-hmm. young up-and-comer. Right. Fight, right. Fighting for their tour life. Right.
1: Absolutely. So, all right. Well, moving over to the ice. Yeah. Um, like like last week when we talked with the NBA, the regular season in the NBA is almost up. Well, the NHL is right behind it. Uh, the season's almost almost finished in it, um, and we're gonna kind of do kind of a similar segment like we did last week for the NBA. Sure. Kind of run through our, our favorites, who, who we think gonna win the Stanley Cup, who's gonna win the MVP, who's kind of the most surprising team for us right now, and who's one of those you know disappointing teams, and mm-hmm. you know that we're, that we're looking at at the kind of the three quarter mark here. Um, so we'll we'll kick it off here and we'll we'll get started with uh, who we think uh, is bringing home Lord Stanley's Cup. Yeah. Um, and
0: Matt, who, what what do you think on that? Well, I'll tell all our listeners if, if you listen to this segment when we did the halfway point, you're going to hear a lot of the same things from me because mm-hmm. uh, I I said uh, for the championship before I said the Boston Bruins and I'm sticking with them. They're currently forty nine eight and five. They've got hundred and three points on the season. The next closest team to them only has 92, or yeah, 92. So they're 11 points behind. They've got they got themselves a nice cushion. They're yeah. they're playing great hockey. They're second in the NHL in goals scored with 235 goals, mm-hmm. first in goals against, only giving up 129 goals, mm-hmm. uh, second in the league in assists and shooting percentage, and they're first in the league on the penalty kill. That that's huge. Mm-hmm. If you can kill off that that power play mm-hmm. and and not give up anything, that right. that that that, that this is all that's a championship formula. Being being that high in the league and yeah. all those yeah. stats.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think I, I saw something where they're the fastest team to reach the hundred point mark in NHL history. Wow. Um, you know, and, and still a handful of games to go. And mm. and, and, and you know, I, I don't know what the record is for as far as number of points or number of wins in a year or whatever. But they got to be dangerously close to you know reaching that marker. Right. You know, passing that that mark, uh, because yeah, th- this team is. Again, playing as a team on both sides of the ice, offense and defense, um, you, know, you look at their, their records, uh, they almost got an identical record at home compared to being on the road. So, you know, you can't look at that and say, oh, man, they're just playing better at home, which right. makes sense or whatever. They're, they're playing everywhere, everywhere they go. They're, they're, they're playing well. Um, and, and, and looking at the record, you know, something that really sticks out to me, you know, the, the Boston Bruins obviously over in the in the on the eastern, you know, Eastern Conference, they're twenty two and two and two against Western Conference opponents. I mean, they've only lost two, you know, they've lost two, you know, in regulation and then two overtime losses right. against Western Conference teams. So they've pretty much dominated the West, you know, pretty handily, which is obviously if they can make it through the East. Um, which I think is probably going to be a tougher road for them than, right. than the West. You know, um, if they make it to the Stanley Cup, I think that they have
0: good a, 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 a chance. That yeah, they right. Pretty thing. much, you know, yeah. write
1: it off that they're going to win. You know, the yeah. Stanley Cup because they've just been that dominant against those Western Conference, you know, yeah. opponents. So, yeah, they're they're playing hot. You know, Beantown, y'all got two <laughs> great teams because we yeah. talked about last week that you know our favorites to win the NBA title <laughs> right. is, is the, the Celtics. Celtics. So. Uh yeah, it's it's a great time to be in Boston because you know the hockey team's playing great and the basketball you know NBA team's playing great, so they could be you know that place could go you know nuts and you know burn down if we if we uh, you know both teams are able to pull it off. But crazy. uh, Um, but then uh, moving over to you know our who we think our best kind of individual player is at at this three quarter mark, I think again it's probably no surprise Mm -hmm. to everybody. Uh, it's been the guy that I've been talking about. I know Matt has talked about, and that's the that's the center out of Edmonton, Connor McDavid. Absolutely. The guy, as good as Boston is, been playing as a team, this mm-hmm. guy as an individual has been having a phenomenal, another great year. Um, you know, <clears throat> he's got fifty four goals on the year, one hundred and twenty four points. Uh, both, you know, he leads the league in goals, assists, and points in the in the league. Um, and, and I've talked on it, you know, talked, touched on this before, but the guy is, you know, kind of middle of the pack when it comes to average time that he actually spends on the ice. So he's he's making quick work of the time he's on. You know, I, I could only imagine if this guy played, you know, some of the higher minutes that you see some of those other guys towards the top of the list, what this guy would be able to do. Um, yeah, it, it would probably be. Record-breaking seasons, record number of goals, you know, assists, all this stuff. If if he played, a, you know, a little bit more, and obviously, I think the the Oilers are trying to do that strategically. They don't want to, you know, burn him out. They 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 are making, you know, a push for for the playoffs and and want to, you know, have him healthy and 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 uh, fresh legs and whatnot when it comes uh, comes playoff time. So they're you know somewhat managing managing his his time on the ice. But yeah, this guy is 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 phenomenal. Um, I, I don't think. You can you know look at every offensive statistic, and this guy is probably top five, if not top three, mm-hmm. in, in probably every offensive category. So, Matt, I don't know if you got much to say, but you know that, that's who I like, and I'm sure you yeah. do too. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, no, he he's my pick as well. I, I think the only downfall
0: he has is he's not having that team success, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to understand because with him being the front runner for MVP, mm-hmm. his teammate may be the guy running right for second place. Right. So you got uh leon drossetti uh-huh. he's got 96 points on the season right. you know he's he's just knocking at the door right of, of connor mcdavid right but these guys are like the sixth best team in the, in their side of the
1: mm-hmm. of the
0: nhl It, right. it, it they're, they're fighting for their playoff lives right. and barely getting in mm-hmm. it, yeah that, that's kind of the only negative you can say about him as right. a leader is mm-hmm. he's not leading them to wins right right so you know that's you would think with the top two guys like that. Yeah, your, your, I don't. I don't understand team. how they're not winning more games. Mm-hmm. But you know, th- this guy's just an amazing hockey player. Yeah. He can. He can do it all. Mm-hmm. It, you know, you, you got to respect what he's done.
1: I, I think he deserves every bit of the MVP award. Right. That, that would just be the only chink in his armor. Right. The only thing you, you could know. say, you know, a knock on him at this point. I mean, this guy's been, from the day he stepped on the ice mm-hmm. as a rookie, you knew this guy was going to be special. And and he's, you know, every season. Whether he's the MVP or not, he's always towards the top there when right. it comes to you know the major offensive categories that they look at when they're you know making their vote for for MVP. He's always right there. So this guy yeah, has been, you know, has lived up to the to the bill of being. You know, I, I don't remember if he was the number one pick or not, yeah, but he was. he's uh you know I think met those expect expectations and probably exceeded them at this point of, yeah. of how phenomenal he's been from from day one. So. We'll see if Edmonton can make you know a little bit of a late push here and, and really you know move their way up up the ranks. But uh, yeah, if you gotta you know say something bad about the guy, it, it's that the team has not had you know the, the team success mm-hmm. as a result of his of his great play. Um, but we shall see. Like I said, a, you know, handful of, of games still left in the season, so uh, you know we'll, we'll see what what Edmonton can do. But all right, well. We're going to move over then to our kind of most surprising team here at the three-quarter mark. Uh, Matt, who, who do you like? Who's surprising you, you know, as we get closer here to the, to the playoffs?
0: Yeah, you know, it, it's a team that I actually I picked earlier as well at the halfway point. The L.A. Kings, they're 37-20-8. Okay. They've got 82 points on the season. Mm-hmm. It looks like right now they're firmly in the playoffs if it were to start today. Okay. You know, this is a team. In the last few seasons, though, they've kind of been on the outside looking in. They haven't really lived up to expectations. You know, they're they're really starting to put things together here. They, they can make a run. Make a run here in these playoffs. It's been kind of a surprising team for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, I, I like a team uh, back out back out east, and that's the uh, New Jersey Devils. Um, this was a team that finished 27, 46 and nine last year. So you know, almost twenty games below five hundred. This team's. Playing great, they're forty-one, 16 and six. Uh, so they've eclipsed their win mark substantially. Uh, they got eighty-eight points. They're second in their division behind, uh, you know, uh, uh, they're they're right there um, uh, behind the, the, the team that's in first. But uh, they're got the third best record in hockey. Uh, and for me, if I'm looking at the stats, they they've improved on both sides of of, high, uh, of the of the ice. They're they're fifth in goals scored sixth in goals allowed and, and and respectively last year they ranked 19th in goals scored last year and ranked 29th in goals allowed so they, they've made a big jump on both you know both sides of the ice and obviously it's translating into you know better results for them, more more wins uh, you know more opportunities to, to, to win and, and, and they're sitting sitting pretty pretty well here um, <clears throat> in the NHL definitely you know in the playoffs if it were to start today Um you know, for, for for something that sticks out to me, this team is actually better on the road than wow. they are at home. They're twenty three, four, and four on the on the road. Um and again, if this team is somehow able to pull off a major upset or, you know, be able to knock the Bruins off on that East Coast side, you know, on the Eastern Conference side. Path gets a lot easier. They're twenty one four and four against Western Conference opponents. So both these, you know, a lot of the top teams that you see are on that eastern, you know, eastern conference mm-hmm. side, and they all, you know, that's for a reason because they've been able to beat up on, you know, a lot of the teams over in the western right. conference, which is obviously one of the teams that they're going to match up with if they're able to make it to the Stanley Cup. So, yeah, I like my, I like my chances if you know, picking an eastern conference team to win the Stanley Cup at this yeah, point. Um, but yeah, we'll see. If the New Jersey Devils, you know, haven't haven't been kind of a playoff team here for a while, so we'll see if they can, you know, if that will bite them when they come, you know, come playoff time, not having really that playoff experience. Um, but I like this team so far through through the three quarter mark. Hopefully, they can keep you know keep the momentum going. See what they can what they can do in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, for every good team or surprising team, we got one that's equally been a stinker <laughs> or been you know disappointing in, in our you know in our hearts and our minds. So. Uh, Matt, what do you what do you think? Who's been your most disappointing team? You know, here at the towards
0: the end of the season. Well, you did say the team in our hearts and the team in our minds, <laughs> and for me, that's my Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> yeah. oh, 20, 37, and seven. I I think that says enough. Right, but, right. You know, these guys went Throwing out in the all season. <laughs> yeah, they got Johnny Hockey. We're all we're all loving life, thinking right. they're making moves to right. to be, at least be a playoff contender. Right, right. And they're the worst human, huh? <laughs> yeah, they're they're borderline unwatched. I've tried to watch a few games, and yeah. you, just, you just can't. You, you thought you know Elvis was gonna build on last season and get better. Mm-hmm. You know he had his backup in Corpusalo too. Bo- right. Both had decent years last
1: year. Right. Neither of them could put it together this year. Right. I, well, and Corposalo got the boot. They traded him that's at right. the deadline. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and traded him for a goalie that they then that they shipped out later. It out. So it's like I don't, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, definitely this has been. A lost season for yeah. Columbus, but awful. Yeah, um, and I, I don't think. Yeah, it, again, you thought, all right, bringing in this, you know, at the time, Johnny Hockey was probably the number one coveted free agent yeah. last year. No shot in heck that the Blue Jackets or right. he us. picks us. Every <laughs> everybody wants to leave Columbus. It seems like it. You know, as of as of recent, everybody that you know has been good or whatever. They've either traded or. You know they haven't re-signed in free agency, so no way that that Johnny Hockey's coming here, and he does, and we have a worse year than we had yeah. last year. It, it just yeah is very very strange. Um, but you know we'll we'll see. Obviously, I, I think for the Blue Jackets they've got to improve on that defensive side. I think they have the the firepower. They got the weapons. Yeah. You know to pair up. Well, yeah, they're they're losing games five four. You right, know. right. That's, it's like yeah, high scoring affairs. Right. Um, you know that that you know one one goal goes their way or doesn't go their way and they're, you know, they're done. So yeah, definitely. I, I, if they want to get back to being, you know, kind of that gritty tough team Mm -hmm. that we're used to seeing that was, you know, made it to the playoffs and nobody wanted to see in the first round, I think they got to improve on that, on that defensive side. I think that's going to be a big thing that they have to address in the, in the off season. But um, for me, my my most disappointing team, um, and, and it's a team that's been, you know, Last several, you know, decade or so, it's been very, you know, we've been known as a, a playoff team or you know Stanley Cup contender. That's the Washington Capitals. Yeah, they're thirty one, 31, 28, and six. They're about five hundred, which you know I don't remember the last time that Washington went five hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they they got sixty eight points. They're currently sixth in their division um, and actually twenty second overall in the NHL, which is. Yeah, definitely not what we're used to seeing. I mean, this was a team that won 44 games last year, obviously made the playoffs, didn't get the results that they had hoped for in those in those playoffs last year, but you just look at it and these guys just, you know, nothing really stands out. They're kind of middle of the road in every category and and what kind of strikes you is that you know, they they their scoring is down a little bit from what it was last year, but I mean, it, it's kind of surprising because their stats are right around what they were last year. Mm-hmm. And this was a team, again, that won, you know, almost 20 games above 500. And now they're, you know, sitting at almost 500. It just, yeah, it's a strange thing. And to me, it seems like other teams that were not as good last year, you know, they they've improved. or They've made some changes. Right. They've, you know, gotten better. The Capitals have somewhat just it's kind it's of stayed trying. the same. And, and, and it's been a team that's been one of the older teams in the league mm-hmm. and, and just, you know, every year continue to get older because they just keep the same core pieces around and things like that. I haven't really tried to build, you know, more of a younger team to, you know, eventually phase out some of these these older guys that are obviously at some point can't play hockey forever. Right. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, to me the, the the capitals they just have not been good even against other eastern conference opponents they're they're 17 and 16 against eastern conference opponents so you know the teams that you know they're going to match up with even if they were to somehow make the playoffs they're not they're not playing they're very not well, well again all, so yeah. it it could be an early first round exit for them too so yeah for me it's just yeah very strange to see because that's that's a team that is almost always a lock to make the playoffs but then you know he's always talked about being one of the top teams to, to win the right. Stanley cup as well. And, you know, just not living up to, to, you know, normal expectations that we're used to seeing. so
0: and what a sad way to kind of see what could potentially be the, the <laughs> ending for Alexander
1: Opechkin, right? You
0: know, one of the all time NHL greats,
1: Right. Absolutely. So like I said, there's, there's probably about 20 ish games, a little over 20 games left. We'll see, you know, can some of these teams make, make a, you know, late season push and, right. you know, again, 20 games seems like a lot but it, it goes by goes uh, by yeah, quick I'm, so I'm and so we'll see what uh what can happen here but uh that's that's you know all we got for 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 hockey right now until we get to around the playoff time so um we'll we'll we'll, we'll check back in and see you know what what our predictions look like here for for some of these things and see if we we're right or you know totally totally wrong mm-hmm. here but All right. Well, we're going to take a quick uh, commercial break, and then we're going to talk a little bit of college basketball. Um, So stick with us. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out! Thanks for sticking with us. Like I said, before the commercial break, we're going to talk recap of last week's, uh, you know, kind of final regular season, uh, weekend yeah, week. Not uh, so sure. I want to talk about it. Yeah, right. We, <laughs> Matt's probably uh, wishing we didn't have to talk about this, but for me, I'm loving this cause right. I went a perfect five and zero last week. And, uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty, pretty good about myself going into March madness <laughs> here, but you know, March always has a strange way of humbling people. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how, how I do. But, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll get it kicked off here and recap our games for from last week, um, and we'll we'll start with the the game uh, in the SEC, number two Alabama going on the road to number twenty four Texas A and M, and coming home with a going home with it with an L by a score of sixty seven to sixty one. Uh, I, I think this game somewhat you know lived up to the to the hype or you know whatnot. It, this was a good game, um, you know unfortunately. Yeah, this Texas A&M came out. They they played well. Uh, a guy by the name of Wade Taylor IV uh, scored 28 points, uh, went 10 for 10 from the free throw line to contribute to those 28 points. So that's that's great, you know, great for them. Uh, you know, the Aggies, um, as great as they thought their football team was going to be this year, it, it, those didn't you know didn't live up the expectations. But I, I'm not sure that this Texas A&M team, from a basketball perspective, was slated to be you know. This high, I mean, they finished second in the conference behind Alabama. Uh, they won 15 conference games, uh, you know. So I, I, yeah, don't know what the expectations, preseason expectations, were or what you know, kind of the the voters thought where they would finish. But I, I can almost guarantee it wasn't second, second in the league. Right. So hats off to this Texas A and M team. They're playing real well, you know, going into March, which is what you. What you want to see, but uh, yeah, I was able to knock off the, the the top team there in the SEC. Matt, what what any any thoughts on it?
0: I'll tell you what really stood out to me in this game was Alabama's poor three point shooting, and that's two games in a row that we've talked about right. Alabama and their poor three point shooting. They went seven to thirty six. Yep. They also had seventeen turnovers <sighs> in the game yep. where you're pitting two top teams against each other on the road. You, can, you, you cannot do that. Right. That's just game over. Mm-hmm. You know, Brandon Miller, he 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 did get his though. He right. ended up getting nineteen points, right. which. Probably a little under his average, oh, though. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you got to give it to Texas A&M for playing him as well as they could and, mm-hmm. and their defense just being all over the place, forcing all those turnovers.
1: Right, yeah. absolutely. And, yeah, you talk about that three-point, you know, the last two games, it's actually been the last four games yeah. that they've been shooting bad. Uh, you know, looking at the stats, they've shot 25 of 116 from three-point line in the past four games. So they're in a little bit of a slump here, mm-hmm. you know, three-point line and and, and – I won't say that they live and die by the three ball, but they do shoot quite a few of them Mm -hmm. and, and they are, you know, statistically the best three point shooting team in, in the sec. Well, to be the best, you know, three point shooting team, you got to shoot a lot, you know, you got to, you know, obviously make a lot, but you got to attempt a lot too, to be, to beat up there towards the top. So, Again, March is not the time you want to start right. getting cold from right. beyond the arc. Absolutely, um, you know. So we'll, we obviously we're going into conference tournament time this week. You know, all the conference tournaments. You know, the SEC, Big Ten, all of them, uh, going on this week. So yeah, we'll see who can punch their ticket here with with some of these you know conference tournaments and get get March kicked off the right way. But uh, yeah, Alabama not trending in the right direction going going into March here, but. We'll see what they can do in the in the SEC tournament. Like I said, going to be the number one overall, you know, seed in that in that tournament. But uh, yeah, definitely, last couple games have been you know kind of rough, kind of rough from 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 the outside. But all right, well, moving over to the to the Big Twelve, um, a Big Twelve top ten matchup between number three Kansas um, and number nine Texas, a game that. Probably wasn't wasn't that close, you know. wasn't close at all, and it didn't uh, live up to that type. Yeah, Texas, sure. you know, came home, you know, stayed home, and, and got a win uh, by the score of seventy five to fifty nine. Uh, Matt, any any thoughts on this game?
0: You know, this is another poor shooting performance for a top five ranked team. They Kansas only shot thirty six percent from the floor, and they had eleven turnovers in yeah. this game. Mm-hmm. So you know, number two and number three having turnover problems and shooting problems, right? It, it, What's that tell you about mm-hmm. the, the league this year? Well, I mean, what we're about to experience in general, yeah, March, March. It sounds like a- anything can happen because yeah. you're you're one bad shooting night away from going home. It's yeah. it's, it's
1: a crazy time right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it, and, and you, you talk about that scoring. Kansas had 12 points in the first 12 minutes. So at the eight minute mark of of the first half, they only had 12 points Jeez. on the board. Um, they missed their first nine of 12 three point attempts. So yeah, they got off to a rocky start and never just were mm-hmm. able to recover from, from, from that, um, you know, and, and Kansas actually came into the game as the, the hotter team, the better team, you know, Texas was somewhat limping their way, right. you know, into this one, but uh, you know, yeah, Kansas was riding a seven game winning streak and obviously saw that, saw that snapped. Um, but, you know, hats off to Texas, a, a guy by the name of Sir J- Sir Jabari Rice, <laughs> Uh, came off the bench and scored 23 points for them. so you know Texas got a lot of scoring from from guys that you know not used to seeing you know put that put up that many points or relying on that that kind of scoring but that always helps to get you know some bench scoring as well um, so yeah Texas gets gets a big win it gets a top five you know top five opponent going into going into conference time so we'll see what they what they can do in there in their conference tournaments well over to an ACC battle uh, between you know uh, number 25, Pittsburgh, and number 16, Miami, a game that somewhat decided, you know, the ACC, and it lived up to the hype. Uh, a two-point game, Miami coming away, scape, you know, escaping 78 to 76 in, in a game that, you know, when these two first, you know, two teams matched up earlier in the season was another great game, and this one, you know, again, lived up to, to the hype. Um, you know, something that, that, that really stands out to me, you know, Miami, Miami's guard, again, I think, coming off the bench, a guy by the name of Wooga Poplar, <laughs> shot 6 of 10. All six of his shots he made three
0: were points. from three-point
1: line. Right. 18 points, five rebounds. Crazy thing about that is the guy had never made more than two three-pointers <laughs> in his career at Miami. Right. And came into the game having only made six threes in the last six games combined. <laughs> so they, you know, again, another unconventional scorer, helps them out, you know, right. coming off the bench. And, and what they needed, you know, needed every bucket they got from that guy. Um, you know, they, they, they played well. You know, Miami has had a great year um, this year. They are going to be, you know, the number one seed in the ACC tournament. Matt, what, what, do you, what do you think about this game?
0: Yeah, this, this is one I'm happy to talk about. It's the only one I got <laughs> right this week. But, you know, uh, to me, the, the big difference that what it came down to in this game was free throw shooting. Miami went 20 of 23 from the line while Pitt was only 11 for 15. Mm-hmm. And another huge difference, big disparity in this game was on the, on the boards. Mm-hmm. Miami had 39 rebounds, Pitt only 17. Mm-hmm. You're giving yourselves a ton of, ton of second chances there or taking second chances away from the other right. team. that's huge
1: yeah in a game that you know yeah the score two-point game but you know looking at the at the stats Miami led this game for all but about five and a half minutes Mm -hmm. you would have thought if that's the case they would have dominated this thing you know that it was somewhat close early on and then you know Miami (coughs) excuse me dominated the rest of the way but Mm -hmm. this was kind of a a back and forth battle all the way you know from start start to finish Um, but you know like I said the hurricanes come out come out on top but you know, as well as Miami has played this year, you got to give your hats off to this Pitt team, the turnaround that they've had this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, their their head coach, you know Jeff Capel, former Duke assistant, longtime you know Duke Duke player. Um, you know, he inherited a team. I don't know if this is. I'm not sure if this is third or fourth season with with Pitt, but he inherited a program that had lost 19 straight conference games, and, and you know, in in that span. Their, their record was twenty-eight and ninety-one in ACC play, and, and this year they won, you know, fourteen games in the in the ACC up towards the top, you know, in the in the league. Um, and and yeah, what a turnaround in just a short amount of time. So we we'll, you know we'll see. Again, they're they're going to be the fifth seed in the in the ACC tournament, unfortunately, because of the loss. Pretty much everybody behind them won. Okay. They 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 went from being you know second potentially first all the way to fifth, <laughs> which you know. Their reward, they get to match up with Duke tomorrow, and you know, in a, in the ACC uh, quarterfinal oh, game. So, Battle X, right. Duke, Duke guys, right? And, you know, right. We'll, we'll see what happens. Right? You know, maybe yeah. Duke picked the wrong wrong guy here. Oh, right? Exactly. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, hats off to to both these teams. But you know, Miami finding a way to get it done and, and, and you know, at least share the co you know the ACC crown uh, with with Virginia in this one. So. All right. Well, moving over to uh our fourth game on the list here and uh, we got Duke North Carolina. Yeah. A historic battle. Duke North Carolina. Um, you know, when these two teams matched up before, score was 63 to 57, second game, pretty 62 much. 57. So yeah. almost, you know, darn identical and pretty much the game was almost identical in in the sense of it was somewhat of a of a back and forth battle, pretty pretty close. Um, you know, Duke was pretty much in control most of the game, but they could never just get ahead enough. You know, North Carolina kept battling, kept themselves in it, but ultimately at the end, you know, Duke was able to get you know a couple of key stops um, and, and, and you know hit hit some clutch buckets and and you know close this close this team out and you know get the get the season sweep of you know their bitter rival in, in North Carolina and somewhat maybe spoiled their their NCAA, you know, tournament chances. Matt, what
0: do you what do you think? Yeah, I think you're right about that. North Carolina's definitely going to have to win win a couple rounds here mm-hmm. in the, in the tournament to have a mm-hmm. have a shot at making the big dance, right? but, You know, to me, neither team played particularly well in this no. game. Duke only shot 38% from the floor. North mm-hmm. Carolina shot 30% and Duke only shot 31% from three, to North Carolina's 22%. Yep. So, you know, it, neither of them shot well, neither of them played all that great. It's just kind of one of those let's just get this game over with type of games right, because yeah. it's not pretty basketball. Right. But, you know, for you, I'm sure you're happy with, with your Dukies getting the, the season sweep. Right.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. No, it was uh, – yeah, at times, you know, I watched watched all the game. Uh, it was at times tough to, tough to watch from both sides, again, yeah. because it just was like nobody could make a bucket, nobody could score, you know, and, and it wasn't like either team was really doing anything – Phenomenal on the defensive end, just right. you know, couldn't couldn't get you know. There was a lid on the bucket at this point for both teams, um, but you know, both sides, you know, big men. You know, Kyle Filipowski had had 22 points and 13 rebounds. The big man from from uh, you know UNC and Armando Baycott had 17 points um, and, and 11 rebounds. Uh, so you know, the big the big men somewhat dominated this as you know we thought would happen. These guys obviously respective kind of leading scorers leading rebounders for their teams we expected that to you know kind of be be the case um, but you know for North Carolina outside of kind of kind of Armando Bacon they really didn't get you know a whole lot you know R.J. Davis had had a pretty good um, you know good game but outside of those two, they, they just didn't get you know much from some of those other guys that we're used to seeing score for them Leaky Black, uh, Caleb Love you know just those those scores that they're used to, to complimenting some of those guys just you know, didn't show up weren't able to Knock down, you know, knock down some clutch buckets. Yeah, uh, just, I don't know what's happened to this team this year. Team right,
0: was, was took that run all the way to the championship last year. Returned almost everybody, mm-hmm.
1: and they're just a shell of that team. Right, yeah, just a totally night and day different. I, I guess I don't. The expectations got to them. You know, yeah. last year nobody was expecting that team to right. do what they did. They got hot again at the right time, which is what we you know often see when it comes March. Mm-hmm. It's not always the best teams that. That you know do the best in you know in the NCAA tournament, it's the teams that get hot at the right time. In North Carolina was was that team, the definition yeah, of that team, and and again the expectations were again because of all the returning players. Why not do it? Do it all over again. Right. And, and I don't know if the hype, you know, just you know that those expectations now, it, it just yeah it weighs on you yeah. that the pressure is there and, and, and some teams thrive in that moment and some some don't. In this instance, you know, it hasn't hasn't worked out for North Carolina. So we'll see what they what they can do. Yeah, like Matt said, I think that they have to make some real noise here in the ACC tournament to to, you know, have a a feel good about themselves going to selection Sunday that they're, you know, a lock or somewhat feel comfortable that they're gonna get into the get into the big dance. So all right, well, wrapping up our, our last uh, game of, of the week last week, uh, we got a, a big a Pac-12 uh, battle between top ten teams. Number eight, Arizona, against number four, UCLA. UCLA coming out with a victory by a score of 82-73. to 73. Um, You know, a, a game that, again, we talk about top teams having lots of turnovers. This Arizona team had 17 themselves, mm-hmm. which led to 16 UCLA points. Uh, so that that's a big a big momentum a big difference in this one. Um UCLA finished undefeated at home, perfect 17 and 0. Um they also finished the season on a 10 game winning streak. I think quietly this UCLA team is making a, a, a quiet run or you know one of those hot runs towards you know the end of the year.
0: The only uh, thing is you just said it they're 17 and 0 at home. Right right there, there's no more home. Right yeah. Now it's
1: you know on the on the road you know from here on out. Um you know so we'll see what what that you know what that means come you know tournament time obviously but uh you know they, they yeah playing at home they were you know perfect not any better than that but uh it's going to be going to be interesting again a, a, a kind of a quiet team that i don't think too many people have been talking to they they won 26 or 27 games this year um you know which is which is great but I, yeah i haven't heard kind of their name talked about a lot you know right. this year so i think they're they're quietly you know sneaking their way into this tournament and, and, and making a run or, you know, making a push at the end. But, uh, you know, at the end, Arizona, yeah, just, I think they had three different guys foul out in this game, uh, you know, and three guys that I think are, you know, significant contributions or, you know, contributors to their, to their team. So, uh, you know, that, that obviously takes a, takes a toll. Um, but, uh, yeah, UCLA hats off to them. They, they played great, got got some you know crucial stops towards the end of the game, and right. you know able to knock off Arizona. <clears throat> well, this is another game like a couple
0: other ones I've talked about. Crucial difference: mm-hmm. free throws and turnovers. Mm-hmm. You know, you had UCLA shooting 20 to 22 from the line, while Arizona only shot 11 of 16. Then Arizona, like you said, had those 17 turnovers while. Uh, UCLA only had nine, Mm -hmm. so that's a lot, a lot of possessions, a lot of extra points, and Mm -hmm. uh, it really makes up
1: the difference pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, that's uh, it for college basketball, and that's it for our for our show this week. Um, You know, we talked a lot about March. You know, March time. You know, Selection Sunday is this Sunday. It's hard to believe that we're already at that point. Um, And as you know, every year, you know, the uh, Fired Up Group we have a you know, bracket challenge, and, yep. you know, that's not going to be any different this year. And, again, we'll be giving away prizes to, you know, first, second, third place. Um, the group is already live. You go on ESPN, you search for, uh, I believe the name of the group is Fired Up underscore podcast, or it might be underscore sports podcast, but information will be all over our social medias right. on where to, where to go to sign up for that. Completely free to enter. Anybody is open to enter. We talk about it a lot. We think we know a lot, <laughs> but oftentimes that does not translate to great things in March. So, anybody can enter, even if you don't know a darn thing about basketball. Um, you know, we we've said it before on the show. The person that won our group last year was a two-year-old. Right, uh, and you he know, will be back
0: this year. I don't think. It, yeah,
1: <laughs> I don't think anything more needs to be said. Um, so, you know, again, if you don't know anything about basketball. Please feel free to enter again. Free to enter, no, you know, no entry fee, anything like that. And we will be giving away some prizes to our, you know, first, second, third place finishers. So get in. It's a fun time. March is exciting. Always a great time when it comes to, you know, college basketball time. Uh, so we're looking forward to it. We'll be talking about, you know, that's going to be a lot of the topics we're going to be talking about a lot here over the next couple of weeks. So uh, you know, be looking forward to, you know, upcoming shows talking about that. Maybe. Help you out a little bit to you know pick some of your you know your your bracket or you there know you hear know. what we have to say. But uh, we uh, thanks for thanks for listening to Fired Up with your hosts Colton Cow, Matt Cortis We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And if you want to hear other topics for future episodes, or you just have a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show, like I said, we got you know different social medias that you can reach out to us on. We have an Instagram. Our uh, handle is Fired Up underscore podcast. Or you can find us over on Facebook if you search for Fired Up, Sports Podcast. And as always, you can head over to our website at www.firedup1.podbean.com where you can find all of our past episodes and also a little bit of information about, about the show. Um, and you can find you know this episode and all of our past episodes on any different you know podcasting platform that you use to listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora, so... Anywhere where you can find podcasts, you can find our show. So appreciate you all listening, and as always, stay fired up.